everyone to the Game Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Schuster. Joining me tonight are Mark Myers and special guest Jonathan McHugh. Tonight we'll be discussing the PlayStation Showcase and our favorite quote-unquote dead games. But before we get to all of that, what have you guys been playing? Special guest, you get to go first. All right, so the first thing is I was told that I need to um, do an impression of Jenny's voice in order to take her spot today. So... Here goes. What's up, gamers? Are you hyped to see some epic Fortnite moments? Let's get some Fs in the chat for Roxy Foxy, who can't be here because she overdosed on G Fuel. <laughs> so lame. <laughs> However, um, I think this show is still going to be pr- um, pretty poggers, guys. That's my impression of our favorite that's, pro streamer. That's great. Uh, uh, so good. Give it a 9 out of 10. The 10 out of 10 would have been if you mentioned phasmophobia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There you go, Jen. I mentioned it. That's the only time it'll come up on the show. <laughs> All right. Okay. Down to the good stuff. The stuff I'm playing, though. <laughs> right. OK. Um, so the first thing I want to say is my thesis for your podcast is that good games don't stop being good. That just because a game is old doesn't mean that it's now a bad game. Um, and also that the converse of this I'm finding with a lot of the games that you guys have been playing, if it's something that I don't like, I also wouldn't have liked it at the time. So that's, I mean, that's good thesis. I like that. Yeah, we'll get into that a bit more when we get to the <laughs> um, game. But okay. um, so I got a re- Vita recently, and um, which is a fantastic device, super great. I'm absolutely loving it. Um, I wish that I had had one of these things before, but. <laughs> I didn't know they existed until recently. It happens. Um, no. Yeah, I mean, you you missed all that marketing by Sony promoting <laughs> this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the I got that thing. I've been wanting for one for a long time. Super great. The first thing I played on there is Salt and Sanctuary, okay. which is an indie game that's also on PC and stuff. Um, it's 2D Dark Souls. It's the first one of those. Uh, it's really good. I don't have much to say about it just that i have act that is the thing that i played on my vita um the game i want to talk the two games i want to talk about more are um first of all metroid zero mission i've been playing that on my 3ds because everybody's hyped for metroid dread to come out yeah. um it's good i actually haven't i haven't been able to get into metroidvanias before even though i really like all of the souls like games because I just don't like 2D platformers. Like, I've never really been into them. And so all of the, the games that are considered Metroidvanias are 2D platformers. And so it's just been rough to get into there. Um, but Metroid Zero Mission, super great game. Really loving it, I think. Um, and it's really getting me into this genre. Um, yeah, there's always one yeah. into it, and then you start trying them all. Was Zero Mission a remake? Yes, of one. Okay. I th- I thought it was I thought it was I could not remember but yeah I've heard good things about Zero yeah um I I'm not done with it yet but and so when I finish it we'll see if I move on to Fusion um which was also on the GBA but the thing with Fusion is that the gameplay is really good but the story is what if you had a really shitty twelve year old boy right a science fiction story that they thought was really revolutionary, but then you told them, no, no, sorry, you have to make the main character a woman. And so they made all of the, they just replaced all of their male OCs dialogue with the female character having 
monologues about how cool that OC is. I'm I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I believe you. Um, I believe you. Yeah, and so we'll see if I play Fusion. Um, I after this, Metro is just so bad when they add story to it. Um, and similarly, I don't know if I'm gonna want to check out Dread. I'm almost certainly not gonna want to pay Nintendo prices for it, but we'll yeah, see. So you, you'll play it once it comes to uh, you know when, once it ends up in Uncle Vim's vault player. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the other game I wanted to talk about is also on the Vita. Um, I think I told you guys I'd started getting into first-person dungeon crawlers recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess for the recapping that a little bit, I started playing a bunch of first-person dungeon crawlers because I realized that... So first-person dungeon crawlers, like Wizardry and whatever, started in the 80s, and that's where JRPGs came from. Um, JRPGs are, like, building on that genre, which is now basically dead. Yeah. Um, and the thing, the thing is, I realized that all of the th things I don't like about JRPGs are the difference between JRPGs and first person dungeon crawlers. So interesting dichotomy there. Yeah. Basically JRPGs just added story and lots of dialogue and cutscenes, and removed some of the grind. And the thing I like <laughs> is all of the grind and like resource management stuff, yeah. which is all dungeon crawlers are it's just that it's nothing but exploring these dungeons managing your resources and stuff like that there's not a lot of story um and you generally make your own characters so they don't have like pre-written dialogue really right so it's more like a like a what were the what were the first the the uh like the earlier versions of skyrim what was the like oh, the Elder Scrolls series the, yes, the old scrolls like the older um, right Arena and Daggerfall and stuff. Right, exactly. Which were proc jack. Yeah. I, I think if I'm thinking of the right genre you're talking about, Jonathan, I think my first actual foray into dungeon stuff and RPGs was um, I had a, a Sega Genesis game called Shining in the Darkness, um, which was like first person going through like a, a, a dungeon like thing, sort of Wolfenstein style, where, you know, you take a few yeah. steps and then there's a wall and yes. you make a left and you take a few steps. And then exactly. things pop up. Yeah, so that was probably my first RPG. Because, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, for for as much as I remember about my dad's gaming, um, he had randomly picked that game up at a Toys R Us. And so it was one of the six games that were in my house um, to play. Um, didn't get far as a child. I got a little further as I got older. But, um, yeah, those games have a certain a certain quality to them that you need to you need to like that type of game to stick with it. I think, yeah. and I think that's why eight-year-old me didn't really stick with it. Yeah. Now, now, Jonathan, have you ever played the original Fantasy Star? I feel like that would be You've right up this, your alley. It's on my list. Okay. Um, but so the dungeon crawler that I just started today, um, is uh, Mary Skelter: Colon Nightmares, which was on the Vita, and okay. this game is bad vibes distilled to their purest essence. Just everything about it is the most rancid vibes. Okay, so I'm going to explain a mechanic to you that you don't need to know anything else about this game. I will ex once I explain this mechanic, you will understand what I mean by just absolute worst vibes. I love it so much. Okay, so when your characters um, hit an enemy with the element that they're weak to, or when they get critical hits, or when you overkill an enemy, it fills up your character's blood splatter gauge. When your character blood splatter gauge gets filled, they enter massacre mode where their stats get increased and they um, have access to like special skills that do extra damage and stuff. 
alternately, before your character enters massacre mode, a different character can lick the blood off of them to activate their blood soul skill, <laughs> which will generally be um, like heal your characters or something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Fairly, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. That's so. Yeah, I'm... that's I, I, with mechanics <laughs> like that. I always think that it was something that looked good on paper. And then when you try and execute it in the game or try to explain it in actual gameplay, it just falls apart. No, it. So those mechanics work in the game. And like from a gameplay RPG mechanics perspective, I think that's a neat idea because, like I said, the cool thing about dungeon crawlers is just that you're constantly managing your resources, like your HP, your MP, your items, all that stuff. And this is just another resource that you're managing. And you get that resource by being aggressive. Um, and so that's pretty cool. I, I was but thinking, also, yeah, I was thinking more of the idea of licking the blood off them. No, as one of the look, things. look up this game okay. and see the character portraits and you will see, oh, no, that's 100 percent intentional. <laughs> that's exactly what they were going okay. for. Uh, is, this, is this a very Japanese game? Yes, obviously. Yeah. yeah, I was, was going to say. It's well, be. I say obviously because one, it's like an anime art style okay. and also because it has mechanics like this. But also because um, all of the recent dungeon crawlers are made in Japan because that's the one place where they have been popular since the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Wow. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got. I'd love this. I would love to see what this what that game looks like. You'll have to show us the next D&D session. Yeah. One more thing. I want to hear Mark talk about this, but I did play um, start Neo last night since it's free on the epic game store and that in neo 2 are absolutely some of the best action games of all time they're just so good absolutely except for the diablo loot <laughs> well i'll let you talk now yeah so um not to um disappoint you a little bit but i was saving neo and life is strange for the next episode didn't have much time to play them over the last couple of days but those are definitely on my list to play um along with um i went to play the forgotten city today and then it had this massive update to patch it so that didn't work out um so essentially over the last two weeks i've been playing essentially like three games that's not like it takes two or or anything like that um got a little bit further in in death's door um still love that game probably definitely going to be on my top five um i i do really enjoy the way that game plays and looks um, not much to update. I didn't get much further in it, but uh, the two main things I really want to talk about, and I've been playing it so much that I don't know if I talked about it on the last podcast or if I've just been talking about it on streams because of how much I'm digging it so far. Um, I've I'm playing through Wildermyth, which is sort of like a visual novel slash storybook uh, Dungeons and Dragons type thing, um, where it's it's uh, from what I can tell or what I've read about it essentially procedural generated like dialogue and stories um as you go through and do you can choose not to do something and that leads you down a whole nother path um with whole different dialogue the relationships you know or your characters um personalities uh are what sort of drives that um so you get some great um things uh in terms of like uh i had uh, two characters Uh, which I think kind of breaks the game a little bit. I had two um, uh, female characters in the game end up, um, I put them on the romantic path 
And then at the end of one chapter, they ended up getting married and having a kid. Like, they didn't say adopted. They said had the kid. So I don't know if it was just the way the game played. It was like they didn't really account for, um, you know, explaining with, you know, in same-sex relationships and stuff like that. Mark, magic. Yeah, okay. So we'll say magic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still cool um, in that they, like, I didn't even, you know... I uh, think that could happen in the game, and they they just went off and married these two characters. So that put um, the other thing is that uh, the aforementioned one of the brides uh, has turned into a wolf. Um, so she has a giant wolf head and a wolf's claw right now because she's uh, cursed by a spirit of a uh, an old demon wolf. Um, so the best part about that, and I sent a screenshot, I think either to Jen exclusively or in the game vault chat. Um, is there's just this one thing where they're searching around the forest and uh, the her partner it goes, hey, uh, where's this thing at? And in the background of the still image is just this giant wolf's head with like a mouth open smiling um, with her dialogue written. And it just I lost it at that point. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is ridiculous that it, it's so, you know, just just small touches in it. And um I had, a, I had a few deaths in the last um, thing, which is what I was doing right before we recorded. it. One of my characters from the beginning finally died. Um, and then the uh, rest in peace, the aforementioned daughter died in combat. So it, it, it kind of it's a little brutal in that way. It, you get two chances. If you die once in battle, you can sort of run away. And then they come back with some sort of like they get maimed. So they come back with something wrong. Um, like the daughter before she died, she lost her arm. So she came back with like a hook. Um, and that gave her an extra attack to sort of gouge people, um, which is a pretty cool um, mechanic. And um, the other one came back with like, uh, I think it was like a like some kind of like a wooden leg or something. So her speed was cut in half, and which is probably why she ended up dying. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. an interesting mechanic yeah. that they that they put them through that. Yeah, at least. and you you can you have different ways stories go, and you can decide. You know, so there's plenty of branching paths and. Um, like all of a sudden, the last thing that happened right at the end of the battle, we did two of the characters in my party now hate each other. Apparently, it popped up on the screen. So and so and so and so are rivals. <laughs> I'm like, oh, now I got to deal with that next time. Um, so I'm interested to see where that's going. But yeah, it's very, you know, by by the numbers, there's a like uh, incursion coming in of creatures. You sort of have to build up the fences. Um, and then because if your character's on the other side of the map, you need to sort of hold them off while you're going across to come fight them. Um, you can split up your party um, and sort of have certain people do certain things. Um, due to my deaths, I have not been able to do that. Um, so uh, I haven't experienced that mechanic yet, but um, it's pretty good. I, I, it's, I think it's like $25 or something like that, maybe 30 at the most. Um, it's not on I, Game Pass? It. It's not on Game Pass, only on Steam. Okay. So yeah, I would recommend picking it up for anybody that likes that sort of stuff. You know, it has equipment and crafting, and you'll probably run into like the choice for that wolf head thing because everybody I've talked to has had that, and it's gone one way or the other with it. Um, so it just basically seems like in the first in the first uh, uh, campaign, you basically get the same choices. Um, it seems to be split up into campaigns, like you finish a campaign and then you'll come back with whole new characters, but you'll meet one or two people from your old campaign. Um, it, I read that in a review, so I'm, I'm interested to get there. 
But the biggest thing um, that, that I've gotten into um, this week, thanks to uh, one Thomas Schuster, um, was introducing me to uh, RPCS3, the PS3 emulator, um, on, the comp- on you know, your computer, because um, there's two games that are basically locked to that generation um, that, I, that I every so often use as my palate cleanser. Um, to play, as you know, listening to this podcast, I usually play sports games to sort of just in between playing um, all the other games to sort of just have something mind numbing while having a video or a podcast on. Um, so for this case, getting this emulator, I have been able to uh, get back into college sports um, with the actual games that are probably the best ones you can get because the uh, PS2 versions, unless we go all the way back and play with the insane stuff that's like 0304 NCAA football. Um, I think 13 and 14 are the best, and they were at their zenith at um, on PS3 in terms of graphics and, um, you know, the music and stuff um, sounding a lot clearer. So I've been playing way too much of that, and it, Tom, for introducing that. Problem. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there's probably going to be a whole lot of video games I'll be talking about uh, coming up soon. I got, you know, I'm going to be uh, jumping into Neo for a little bit. Life is Strange is probably going to be my big one next week. Um, get back into Boyfriend Dungeon. Um, we'll see how many of these I can finish before the end of the year. Um, uh, dude, I want to do The Forgotten City. That, that seems like a short game, but um, yeah, I am just excited. And I think um, I played like a week and a half of Madden. Eh, I may be done until like I just get the itch to play NFL football because the college football is satisfying my need to, you know, play some type of football game. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 that time of year for me where I'm gonna try and play a lot of the AAA stuff and then find these these little gems um, that come out on the indie market. And thankfully this year I have um, uh, someone uh, like like Jonathan to point me in the direction of some maybe more obscure games that I wouldn't have thought about. Um, so I always like like that. That's how my game of the year ended up being Oxenfree one. So yeah, yeah, and I'm. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing um, what comes of, we'll talk about it in the news, a lot of the things that came out um, for 2022, how that year is going to be. Yeah, next year is going to be stacked for sure. Yeah. Uh, I will quickly get into uh, my my games. It w- hasn't been all that much. Uh, I played some more MLB The Show just because, like Mark, like Mark said, it's palate cleanser. It just gets gets me onto the next thing because it's just one of the things you can jump in it's mindless you don't have to worry about uh story or anything like that uh i've con- continuing my chain of memories playthrough i'm sure jonathan will be happy to hear that it's taking me way too long honestly to get through this game just just because i have finally figured out a, a cheese i think i mentioned this on the last podcast but i figured out like the cheese move to get through bosses and stuff so Fingers crossed I will get through that quicker. Uh, surprisingly, though, I'm probably halfway to two-thirds of the way through the game. Not a lot has happened. Did, now, Jonathan, did you did you see that, too? Like, they introduced, <laughs> so, a, couple, they introduced a couple of characters that show up, like, in later okay. games, but nothing really happens. So I haven't talked to you. I don't think I've actually talked to you about Chain of Memories because, what, four months ago or something like that? Yes. You said you were playing it, and I was like, okay, I'll play it. And I played it, and I was like, man, I have a lot of thoughts about this game. I can't wait for Tom to beat it. 
and then you keep messing with your microphone or something like that instead of playing it. Um, so, okay, I, I have two things that I can say that aren't really spoilers, um, but I would still like to talk to you about it more after. Well, so the first I, I promise I will beat it at some point. <laughs> All right. So the first thing is, I think Chain of Memories might be one of the best Kingdom Hearts stories. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's be- it's very like self-contained and stuff. And it's clear like what the themes are and stuff. And they do some interesting things. Um, I won't get into it anymore because I don't know where you're at. And I don't want to give you spoilers and stuff. The other thing is, well, how far are you? I want to say I'm on like level eight. Okay, of, so you're pretty the... far in it. Then. Yeah. So when I was younger and this game was like link like a year this was like a year or two after kingdom hearts 2 came out i hadn't played chain of memories i had a friend who had it and i was like oh what's um hey what's that about i never got a chance to play that should i and he said ah i mean you can if you want to it just it just retells the story of the first game and now having played that i don't know if he didn't play the game (laughs) or didn't understand it or if that's the funniest um if that's the funniest joke that he was playing on me expecting i would play the game and then um and then realize that he had pranked me i'm gonna go with one of the first choices (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll talk about that later when you beat it but i think you are already far enough in to get what i mean yeah yeah i totally understand what you mean (laughs) but yeah it does not it's not retelling the first game at all it's it's totally different. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll have that game beaten by the end of September or October, hopefully. I, I need to give myself like a like a hard date to finish it or else I'll never. Because it took me, it's ta- like games like this take me forever for whatever reason. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because I don't want them to end or or what the deal is. But like Final Fantasy, five years to beat. I had like I got to the end point, like the the point where you can go do all the stuff when the game opens oh, up. Play. And that I, sucks. But like, yeah, but but I like just I was like I don't want it to be over yet. So I and I want to try to do some of this side stuff. And then you get sidetracked, and then you never get back to it. And then I'm just like, all right, I just need to beat this game. I just need to get to the end. And like I I beat it five years after starting it, and it's it's it it's just like. I have a lot of games like that. Like it, I think Legend of Dragoon is the longest. The Legend of Dragoon took me twenty years, twenty years to beat. I think because I continued a a save from my childhood and beat it. So that was that was probably the longest one. But it it, it for whatever reason these types of games like Breath of the Wild I still haven't beat. I'm at the point where I can go beat the game. I just have not done it. It's I, I it happens to me in all kinds of RPGs, but. I'm trying to make it not happen. It sounds now. like you have a fear of commitment. It, <laughs> I think it's a fear of fear of losing something more than commitment, uh, because you don't get like once you finish it, that's it. It's over. Because I mean, generally, it's also not. I, it's gen- that's, <laughs> RPGs well, that's never end at the end. Generally, when I finish a game, I never like go back and do the side stuff. Like when I see credits, that's it. I'm I rarely will go back and do side stuff. Like. Games that are really important to me, like Final Fantasy VII or or things like that, that's different. Or like Kingdom Hearts one or two. But generally, when I roll credits on a game, that's I'm like, all right, I'm on to the next one because of stuff like that. Because <laughs> because it, it takes me forever to beat a game. <sighs> but yeah, 
it's going to be an ongoing saga. Hopefully, I'll be done with it soon. And you guys can come along on the journey with. All right, last but certainly not least, the one of the benefits of Bethesda being owned by Microsoft is that all of the old Bethesda games and games that Bethesda owns are now on Game Pass. And Quake just got remastered. And I was playing through some Quake, and man, it was like being thrown back to 1998 or whatever it was when Quake came out. And I'm playing it on an ultra-wide monitor, and I have the the Nine Inch Nails soundtrack, and it was so good. Because you can still buy Quake, like the old, like the on GOG and stuff, but to get the music to work and everything, it just was a nightmare. This, you just load it up. Granted, you have to log into Bethesda Net and all that other crap, but after that, I it didn't I didn't care because it was awesome. It was it was like playing it on a a fast Pentium back in the day with a Voodoo card, and it was it was everything I hoped it would be because it still it wasn't like overdone where it looked too different, but it looked really good for what it's supposed to be. If that makes sense. They didn't yeah. they didn't take away the character of it. Would you say that it's a good game that hasn't stopped being good? I would say that it's one of those games that is still good to this day, even though it's 30 years old or whatever it is now. But yeah, if you have Game Pass and you have either one, if you if you have never played Quake, you should go play it. And two, if you played Quake and really liked it as a kid, go back and play this because it it plays how you remember it playing or better, if that makes sense. It doesn't look all grainy and blocky, and it's not in 640 by 480 or 320 by 200 like it was on DOS. So, And you don't have to type in DOS scripts. It's nice. You just <laughs> click on the, the, the icon, and yeah. it works. And you, and you get the, the, the music from Trent Reznor, does, and I love it. Does, does it have ray tracing? It does not. <laughs> oh, Wait, it's not worth purchasing. I'm sorry, Mark. So <laughs> I'm deal. looking... I'm looking at the trailer, and I really love how the chain gun shoots little triangles. Oh, yeah. It's great. My, my favorite gun in Quake is the nine-inch nail gun. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's like an automatic gun that shoots nails, but when you pick them up, they have the nine-inch nails logo on them. I think that so might be what I'm talking about. Well, yeah. That's probably what... If it's like shooting them real fast, yeah. it's shooting nails and not bullets. <laughs> All right. So yeah, good. That thing looks great. It's my favorite weapon in that game. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I, I mean, it's not it's not like a a, a first person shooter for today. It's it's a totally different style of game. But you can see where a lot of tropes that happen now came from from playing Quake. And it's 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 hard. It's like it's like watching an old movie. Like you you watch a movie and you say, oh, they did that in that that movie. That's they do that all the time. Well. At the time the movie came out or the game came out, it was the first one to do it or close to being the first one to do it. So it, it's hard to get in that mindset unless you played games, I guess, from that era. But Quake Remaster, highly recommend it. It's on Game Pass. It's on PC Game Pass. So if you, especially if you're a PC gamer and you've played Quake a million times over the years, this is probably the best way to play. I would highly recommend it. All right. I, I think that that covers my, my gaming for these couple weeks. Uh hopefully well the stuff that we're going to talk about next is unfortunately going to have to wait a couple of years uh, at least a year if not two uh but playstation sony had a playstation showcase this past week and man did they did i think that it was going to be a stinker through the first half yeah. 
I don't know about you guys. Yeah, this... Wait, you're not excited for chess too? Oh, <laughs> uh, that opening. I said this this is either gonna be some really dumb take on chess or it's an ad or some other game. It wasn't even an ad for a game. In. I know. Yep. It turned out to be neither. It was and just I, a... and I don't know if that was disappointing or not to me. It was to me. I mean, because they showed game stuff in the what I don't know what you would call it. It's not a trailer advert. It's an ad, yeah. Like like they when they were driving around in the car, the Final Fantasy Seven logo was spray painted on a building. Yeah, well, have you you've seen those ads before for PlayStation, right? Where they Yeah, but just, like yeah. they didn't even have like there was no game there's no like PlayStation game. Yeah, in there's it. a like, statue of Aloy and they're you know I think that, but there was no, no, I know it's their play together thing. Like, remember when that stupid one where the guy walked into the bar and it was like all the or the tavern and it was all these people, yeah, but yeah, but the the one with all the PlayStation characters in it was cool. I thought that was interesting. This was just dumb. I mean, I don't know. I'll be honest, they probably won't do it, but I'd play that chess game. So, I now that I think about it, if that were a real game. What they were showing in that video made it look like it would be a driving game and like an open world driving game with a cinematic campaign with really good graphics, which does sound like a game that Tom would really enjoy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as, it, as it was playing, I'm going, if this is real this, or if this is a game, this would be really interesting. And then they finish yeah. it and it's like, oh, it's just we're just playing chess. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just, it's just, it's video chess or whatever, yeah, it was, or wizard chess or whatever it, you want to call it, it. It was a, I would have loved it as a modern version of battle chess. Yeah, that's what it, battle chess, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't, uh, it can, was can just. Can I ask both of you a question? Sure. What piece was the girl at the end that won and got the crown? She was a pawn. Was she a pawn? Okay. I'm going, how? Okay. Like, I guess it's. I'm assuming that the checkmate came from another piece as well. Yeah, the thing that flew out, it was a helicopter yeah. flying. So that, what was that? The, the it was probably It was probably a bishop or something. Yeah, but okay. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it was a cool concept, but why did you, it was, you wasted almost eight minutes of, of this showtime with that. Because yeah, the PS5 has no games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're not. You are not wrong. You have to beat me to it. <laughs> you're not wrong. And then, and then they go into all of the guess, like the more indie developed games. And I gotta say, for like the first twenty minutes of this this uh, showcase, I was like, man, they really got nothing, huh? They got absolutely nothing. Well, the, wait. The, this the is... first thing they showed was Kotor. Well, right, but they didn't show anything. They, showed... they don't need to. They said Kota remake, and I was like, "All right, when do I pre-order?" Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kota remake. You pretty much go, "All right, I'm in." Uh, it, it, they don't really need to show you anything of that. But everything after that, I was like, "I'm not. I'm not." And enthro- everything looked the everything looked very samey. Everything looked very much the I, same. Like I will not hear that slander about Bayonetta Stranding. All right. Yeah. That <laughs> if that game is not coming to anything else, mm. and it is the game that I think it is. I might buy a PS5 for it. Project Eve? Yeah. Yeah, it I I I don't know what to think about that game. I I would heard yeah. I've heard rumblings about it previously, but I don't know. It just didn't it, Yeah, well, it, that's what I think it was a rip off at, so at best. I do, do we want to talk about this game right now? Yeah, go um, for it. Okay. So, two things about this game. From what they showed, 
well, one, I like that they actually showed a lot of gameplay. So, you know, it has nothing to do with PlayStation Studio. Exactly. Um, the from what they showed, it looks like this is either um, a third person action game that's going to have a lot of QTEs or it's going to it is going to be like a character action game like Bandit or Devil May Cry or something like that with really intense combat. If it's the second one, that's when I mean that I might buy a PS5 for it. If it's not coming to anything else, I hate to disappoint you, but I think it's going to be the first, the first one. <laughs> I think it's yeah, going to be we'll, a we'll lot see. of QTEs. But, um, but uh, the second thing I was going to say about it is the things I have heard people, um, the articles I've seen about this game are so dumb. <laughs> one of the articles said this game looks like a combination of Bayonetta and Near Automata. So, do you two know why that's a really stupid thing to say? I mean. Aren't they made by the same people? Yes. Okay. <laughs> They're made say. by the same people. And the combat in Nier Automata is based on Bayonetta. Yeah. That's like saying this game is like a combination of Warzone and Call of Duty Modern Warfare. <laughs> they use guns. Okay, so that, that sounds kind of dumb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the other thing I heard was people thinking it was Parasite Eve remake. Oh, that <laughs> man. I would be curious to, to see what a Parasite Eve remake looks like. Yes. Because. I don't know how you would do that without making it boring because you don't have the limitations of the PS4. I, well, it's, it's kind of like remaking Resident, Resident Evil. It's kind of the same type of deal. Oh, uh, so you... the thing with Parasite Eve is that it has a super weird combat system oh, yeah. that is based on it being a top-down shooter RPG. And so I feel like if they were to remake it today, they would make it a third-person shooter, which m- suddenly it's no longer weird. Um, and so I just don't know what that would Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, yeah, remaking games like that is tough when they had those limitations in place. I mean, you kind of just have to take that and make it look better, uh, unless you go the route of Resident Evil, where you completely remake it to the point where it's like a totally different yeah, game. Yeah, one of people's thought on that was because uh, there's such a uh, such a nostalgia level for that game that um, I played it and enjoyed it. Um, uh, and without knowing much about it going in, but I don't get this whole thing where, oh man, I want to see it remade. Like, you know, like I, it's, it's not the same feeling when someone mentions that as I got when they brought up like Final Fantasy VII and stuff like that. I'm like, oh yeah, that, that'd be interesting. But Parasite, I'm like, no, it just, I don't know. It's, um, I, it's kind of like one of those games that should be left in the past. Yeah, exactly. But, I don't want to get hate from that, but it's, it's hard to, take a game like that and remake it for a modern audience i'm really torn about you, it you would have it's to just... if if everybody just likes the story then you you like we said you'd have to you'd have to figure out a whole new type of game um with just the story around it because the way it plays on playstation as jonathan mentioned i don't think really works nowadays um it's why we get into the argument over you know you you see the argument over action versus turn-based in rpgs um you know, it's yeah. it, it's not the same as it was when the limitations required everything to be turn based. Um, so, mm. yeah, if, if you like the story, which I have not played that game since like it came out. Uh, so um, nor watched any videos on it or remember anything really um, outside of the opening. But you would you would have to I, I think it would be one of those things where you just show you could get a lot of hype and a lot of sales over just showing Eve, no matter how good the game is, you know. They showed, they showed, they showed, uh, they remade the intro to Final Fantasy VII for the PS3, and people were lost their mind. Yeah. I mean, 
So it doesn't take much. But anyway, let's let's get off. We got a lot to talk about. Um, are, are, do we want to talk about uh, Control meets Skyrim with Forspoken? Forspoken? Yeah, I uh, I've been really curious about this game since you know it was Project Athea. Um, I, I really hope, and maybe I just need to watch the trailers again or something. My real hope is that they, they do what I thought was going to happen originally was take somebody from like our world essentially i'm doing that in quotes um and putting them into like a medieval final fantasy world and just having them freak out and do you know not accept it quickly so i'm hoping that's what the first part of this game is um and not her immediately going oh cool powers woo you know i mean that's that's kind of what it looked like in the trailer the trailer (sighs) made it seem like they got transported said what the what the f and then decided, oh, this is cool. I have powers, and then that was it. And they, they I hope were, it was just they jumping ahead. That, that's why I'm interesting. I, I want to wait for reviews and stuff uh, before committing to it. Um, not so much that I go by what a score is or something, but just the general vibe from just to get a general yeah. vibe of the game from a review. Yeah, um, like we've said, we generally go to a specific person that we would know yeah. would. Well, not have not even that. Like I would just I would just scour a bunch of them and just see if if it's the type of game that I'm thinking it is, but yeah, it's, it, it looks, um, Oh, a quick joke. Um, before I get your guys' opinion on it, one of the, cause I watched the press conference with nothing. And then I watched the people talking over it afterwards, um, with yeah. multiple people doing that. And when this popped up and it showed the woman in like on the bus or train or whatever in New York, um, someone was, and it showed the, the logo for luminous studios and all that. Someone was like, Oh, is this the quiet woman? And, <laughs> I just lost it, looked, it. It it looked like the quiet man, like the like the art style was very quiet man ass. That just the idea that that Square would be that cocky to go, well, you like that game? Here's the female version. Uh, yeah, I don't know the the whole the whole going. Yeah. I mean, the going back in time thing is cool yeah. and all, but yeah, I just I, I just want the even if it's a couple hours, I I just want that thing of a. I want the story to be have that realistic feeling of, you know, girl, like not really, you know, figuring it out, um, you know, and not all of a sudden, as soon as she gets the power, she's good. Maybe she I don't know. I, I need to see what the story is. The trailer, while it looks cool, is not convincing me to play this game. Um, I don't know about yeah. you, too. Yeah, me so. either. I mean, I this was one of those ones. I was like, oh, it's it's like Skyrim with a person from our time. It, I, I don't know. It just didn't seem interesting to me. The The premise didn't seem all that interesting. I don't know. I don't know, Jonathan, I don't know about you. Yeah. So I am in more anime circles than you two. And the like biggest thing in anime in over the past few years has been isekai, which is this genre, which is a normal person gets transported to a magical world. And the most of those in anime are somebody getting transported to a video game world and like they get magic powers or something like that. And so when they showed this person being like, whoa, I have magic powers. I was like, oh, God, no, not another one of these. I have zero interest in this. I I don't care. And then also like the gameplay they did show looks like a kind of game that I would not. Yeah, I'm with you. I, would, I, I don't know. It just did not seem interesting, but. It's early yet. Yeah, we it's... could they could show something yeah. different. I don't know. Yeah, it's more wait and see on my end. I played a lot of trash in my life, so I wouldn't be surprised if this 
Turns another game. I, another game that kind of disappointed me was I don't. I again, I might get some hate for them. Ghostwire Tokyo. Did not look interesting. Like you can probably pinpoint the, why. Um, it was one of the games that looked very much like a PS4 game. Um, it didn't look very good at all. It did not look compared good. to the other right. games they showed. I don't understand. I I so I saw that and I was like, yeah, I'd play another Bioshock. Um, but I didn't think that the graphics looked bad. So. I mean, I, I guess in the like the first part of the trailer where like the the dude has the geo stigma on his face or whatever the hell we're gonna call it. I don't know. It just didn't look great. And I the whole time I was watching, and I was thinking, oh, this is just Bioshock. That was that was exactly what I was thinking, but I don't I mean, know. I wouldn't say it's just Bioshock. It looked like the good parts of Bioshock combat, which is not a thing that a yeah. lot of games do. I'm, yeah, I'm probably going to still play it. I was just trying to figure out the reason why Tom was a little off on it, but the I, maybe it's maybe it's the the villain. I don't know. I, the, yeah. It's something about it was just like, eh. yeah. So, it seemed it seemed more interesting before they showed as much as they did to me. I, that's just me. I don't know. I mean, I'm still, I'm probably this is probably one of the games I'm going to play when it comes out. Um, just because I've played, um, you know, the other games, the, the uh, Evil Within, right? That's what they were called. The other games yeah. they made. Yeah. yeah. Playing too much XCOM, Evil Within, Evil, you know, all that stuff. I, I always get uh, you know, confused in my head which 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 is what um but yeah i have i have the first one i bought physical copy and i got i played a little bit of the second one so i'm probably still gonna check it out because i like i like the the vibe of the studio and that usually leads me to buying a lot of games is you know you give you show me a couple games i like in the past i'll give you a chance on this one um but yeah it's it's it hasn't changed in terms of what i'm expecting out of it um since we first saw it um, it just gave me a little bit more clear of a picture um, for this one. So still on my list, you know, nothing changed with this. Um, it didn't turn me off or get me more excited. Yeah, I just I don't want it to turn into like um, I don't want it to turn into like the, an overhyped thing because people have been talking about this game forever. I feel like uh, after uh, what was her name? Uh, everybody fell in love with her after she did that that intro for Ghostwire Tokyo yeah. for, during one of the gaming events. But like after that, I was interested in it. And then I don't know. I, I feel like everybody's kind of blown the whole game out of proportion waiting for it. Uh, but you know, we'll see again. I don't, this game doesn't come out for another year, right? Did it, was this another 2022 release? I don't think anything was to come out this year. There was a, I, I want to say there was a couple well, that were many, but yeah. Um, I guess real quick, uh, we'll go through Alan Alan Wake remastered. Either of you interested in Alan Wake remastered? Mark, I'm sure you probably are because you're super into that developer. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely going to play it. Um, the one thing I'm hoping for is that the DLCs are separate, um, and you don't have to play through Alan Wake to be able to play the DLCs because I've already played through Alan Wake. Um, yeah, that's the only thing. I never got the uh, DLCs, which I heard you have to play both of them to get the full story um of of the game so that's probably the reason why i'll purchase it i might wait for a sale or something but well you you never know this could end up coming out on game pass too it might be i think yeah. i think it's a timed exclusive yeah. for so if it's game pass yes do that play the dlcs you know because um yeah i still the the one game i keep holding is just quantum break is such a large game to download because of the real video in it um yeah. and you know the way that it's structured but you know playing through all those games because 
I like the idea, and maybe it's it's just me, and maybe I, I'm I'm strange with this, but I just like the idea of of games being from a connected world. Um, no, I'm with you. I'm totally with you there. I, so, I love that. I so you know, it would make me even buy you know terrible games. You know, and and not saying like you know, I'm not including sequels in that. Um, like a direct sequel to a game. I'm talking about these are like three distinct games, uh, meaning Quantum Break, Control, and Alan Wake, that are all, there's there's uh, references to all of them, um, you know, throughout. Maybe less Quantum Break in Alan Wake, um, because a lot of the stuff, the Control references are like retcon sort of things, like Control mentioned them, so that when you see them in Alan Wake, that's where the connection is, but you know, it happened backwards, you know, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm probably going to, if it's free on Game Pass or it goes on sale, I'm going to pick it up just to play those DLCs to have played, exhausted all of them. Um, I still got to get through Control Ultimate Edition just so I can play it uh, with a map that functioned properly, unlike uh, the one on um, Xbox One. So yeah, yeah, this game, I was, I, I'm glad they did this because when they pulled it off the shelves, I thought it was just gone forever, you know, but I guess they were either ramping this up to do this, or they just had to relicense songs. Probably a little yeah. of both. Jonathan, any interest in Alan Wake? Absolutely not. Have you played that game? It is awful. <laughs> it's a miserable experience to play the game. <laughs> this is true. If you have any interest in it, you should just watch a Let's Play. <laughs> like a no commentary Let's Well, it doesn't matter if it has commentary. Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of a boring game to play, right? Because you don't really do anything. It's not boring. It's really miserable. <laughs> it is you. Alan controls like shit. The um, guns are like not very accurate, but you have to do a lot of headshots. And the flashlight mechanic seems kind of cool at first, but gets really old really fast and mostly just makes everything like a bullet sponge effectively. It's yeah. like, what if Resident Evil was awful and had no tension, <laughs> but was also much harder? Yeah. Okay. Everything he says is true <laughs> about the game, but it was the story that really made me push through. Um, I got hooked oh, into the story, just like Control's a much better game. Um, but that was the reason I stuck with that through the the, the tough moments of that game. It's just the the story hooked me, and I was in um, and wanted to see how it ended. And apparently, I didn't actually see how it ended because I had to play the two DLCs and suffer through those. But I am a masochist, as everybody knows um, that listens to this podcast. Uh, yeah. A game that did kind of change my mind was Deathloop. Because when I first saw the trailer for Deathloop, I thought, this is so stupid. It's you. It's a one-on-one -on -one shooter. That makes no sense. Why would you want to do that over and over and over? But now that they have kind of fleshed out the story a little bit, it makes it way more interesting. And I think this may be one of the games I actually play this year. Welcome to the club. You weren't hooked when they said it was a new game by Arcane. I mean, that's when I got hooked. No, <laughs> no, no, I was not hooked. I, then. I feel like everybody I've heard talk about that game has said, yeah, I mean, I really like Dishonored. So obviously I'm going to play this day one. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, if you like Dishonored and you like Arcane Studios, I can imagine you playing this day one. But when I saw the first, it, it must have been before the PS5 even came out. They when they were talking or was at the PS5 announcement. They were talking about Deathloop, and it didn't make the at the time the premise didn't make any sense. It was because they made it look like it was just one person against another person trying to kill each other, 
over and over and over again. And that didn't make any sense and it didn't sound any fun to me. But the whole thing where you're there where they're saying that you're secure you're there as security and you're trying to make sure that this other person doesn't kill the people that you need to kill, that makes more sense. And it makes it a lot more interesting. And obviously, as you go, I'm sure you'll figure out why you're there and who you really are and all that other stuff. So uh, it looks a lot more interesting now to me. So I may I may pick that one up. It may be a birthday present for myself. Yeah, I'm looking forward. That that was one of the games I was mentioning that is going to throw Monkey Ranch into all the other games I want to play coming up. Uh, sure. So, yeah. All right. Uh, real quick, I don't know how to pronounce this, and I don't want to sound like an idiot. It's the game title T C H I A Chia. I think it's That's Chia. Right. I what? I have no idea what was going on. In it. I mean, it looked like you can turn yourself into an animal. Oh, yeah. It, to like accomplish certain things throughout the game, but I didn't really understand what was. It could have just been me not listening to the 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 words well enough or comprehending what was happening. But I don't know if you guys had any insights on what you think about this game. I, it it's an open world exploration game. There's been a lot of indie games like this recently um, where so every AAA um, video game recently is a third person open world action RPG. And people are always like, wow, look at how beautiful this game is. And they show a screenshot that is exactly the Breath of the Wild cover art. And so there's been a lot of indie games recently that are like, what if we did that, but just took out the combat since no, absolutely nobody ever cares about that part of these games. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this looks like, yeah, I mean, it. it it, it it looked very pretty, but it I just didn't have any interest in wanting to play. Yeah, I, my thoughts are perfectly summed up by John there. So, okay, I'm All sure right. people will love it. But if I wanted to play a game like that, I would not be playing a game where your characters go into mass either go into masker mode or lick the blood splatter off each other. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about my favorite game of this this whole thing, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I don't know why, like, you would think that, like, watching this other stuff and I not being interested, and then all of a sudden I saw that it's a Borderlands game, all of a sudden I'm interested, because it's a Borderlands slash D&D game. How are we, how would we all not be interested? I mean, I, I'm more hardcore. Yeah, I was interested <laughs> I in it just, just from the sheer fact of, I will play just about any game Ashley Bird, so. Right, she's she's Tiny Tina, correct? Jonathan, being a and d fan and playing so much D&D, I don't what want D and D unless it's a D and D. That's why I'm hardcore in these first person dungeon crawlers. <laughs> there you go. I, I thought it looked really cool. D and D with guns. It it just sounded like a like an interesting concept to me. Which yeah. it, this this was actually Skyrim with guns. Like they say, Fallout is Skyrim with guns. This was actually Skyrim with guns. Someone that calls Fallout Skyrim with guns has never played Fallout. I don't know. I'm not getting into that. But no, the real reason that I'm not interested is just because I, I don't like the combat in Borderlands. I mean, the yeah. magic stuff may make it more interesting, but I've always liked the combat in Borderlands. But it, I feel like th- the problem I run into in Borderlands, and it, I'll probably run into it with this as well, I feel like it's one of those games you have to play with somebody. Kind of like uh, The Division mm-hmm. or Destiny. Well, Destiny is one of those games I could play by myself, but. I feel like Borderlands is one of those games you have to be partied up with someone in order to make it somewhat interesting. But that's just me. But I thought this looked really cool. There's dragons in it. Jen's going to be all over it. And I'm pretty sure it comes out on PC. So guess what? We'll have another game to play for for Wednesday nights. (laughs) If we we decide to go the co-op 
route as opposed to playing on online shooters. So we'll see. I thought that looked really cool. Um, I guess we'll get into the heavy hitters. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. What did they, did they 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 start with Wolver? They well, started Wolverine with was Wolverine. Okay. And just what I saw, the five seconds of stuff they showed, I was like, "Yep, I'm in. I don't care. I'm going to play a Wolverine game." I I'm 100 percent in for more reasons than that. Um, it's that for some reason, and I saw someone. Um, I I wish I could point to the article where they they articulate this a lot better than I'm going to do. Everything that Insomniac is doing with their Marvel stuff and being very focused and very like like onto one character, one story, you know, stuff like that is everything that the Avengers is doing wrong. Um, you know, uh, with, with, with their rollout, because the idea of, I'm pretty sure this Wolverine is going to be like his origin story. Um, just from the little hints from things I read, you know, the cast register said 1974, it seemed to be, you know, a little bit older attire on the people. Um, you know, but, if any, if I trust anyone to pull this off, it would be those people, yeah. um, because they made you know that Spider-Man game was my game of the year um, when it came out. And yeah, I put everything Insomniac has done, and I I should really pick up Ratchet and Clank as well because they did that, and I I yeah. like I like really liked uh, Spider-Man. I really liked um, Sunset Overdrive, yeah. so I can yeah, only. I think- I, it's my personal thing, but I, I believe this is a lot of other people and probably you too as well. When a studio does a good job, um, multiple games in a row, I will keep trusting them to be able to do that until they prove otherwise. Um, so I will not, you know, nitpick anything or worry about Wolverine. I just want to play it. I don't need to see anything about it. Just give me, just give me the insomniac story of, of Wolverine and, and I will go play it. Um, and this goes double for the next thing we'll talk about, too. Yeah, Jonathan, any thoughts on Wolverine? Did, did you either of you guys play the original Wolverine game? What's the original Wolverine game? There's the X-Men Origins Wolverine, the best the best X-Men game. <laughs> I uh, have not, or I... I X-Men, o- X-Men Origins Wolverine is the, is the video game based on the terrible movie. Yes, movie. I know the movie. But the game okay. is really good. It's a hack and slash, probably. It's right? a hack and yes, it's a hack yeah. and slash, but it's super gory, and I'm pretty sure it's rated M. But it's it's really good. If you haven't played it, I highly recommend it. But I see that it was released on the PSP. There you go. So I can play it on my Vita. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but I I am stoked uh, about that. Um, but that I'm assuming that's 2024 at least. Yeah. Because Spider-Man Two they literally did not show anything. Yeah, they, didn't, they showed half a cutscene. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man Two. I think they said 2023. Which uh, it's only 16 months away, which is I don't think it's real. It's uh, well, I'm sure it's going to be. Uh, no, 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 I'm saying the year 2023 only being yeah, 16 it, months it, away. It's hard to believe, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's that's not true. But the fact that you're they they showed both Spider-Man, Spider-Man's. Would be Spider Man's, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> and Venom. I imagine Venom's going to be the big bad. Yeah. I'm I'm a little torn on it because the voiceovers sounded to me an interpretation of Craven the Hunter, but I don't know. That might be me reading into it, knowing a little bit more about Spider Man than I knew know about most Marvel. Yeah, 
I don't know. I guess we'll see. But the fact that I think it seems like there's going to be either um, co-op. Yeah. Or it, the press release said single player game. So um, I don't know if there's an option for co-op, but I think the main way to play it is going to single player. I think it's going to be jumping between Spider-Man's. Jumping between Miles Morales and Peter Parker. Yeah. That makes and possibly sense. Venom. It's possible. You may play as Venom or, or you may play as um, Symbiote spider-man we'll see yeah. um, what are the odds that craven the hunter is the announcer in a battle royale <laughs> game where all of the spiders fight each other oh, it's oh, that means bad. they got to announce andrew garfield and toby mcguire soon <laughs> actually that would probably be a pretty I'm, good I'm, game I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking about it that would probably be pretty fun having a spider-man battle royale uh, i'll take my hot take that'd probably be better in marvel's avengers oh i you know not a hot take mark okay. it's not a hot take that's a take that's the take we're in on it uh yeah. You can you can write the check out to Game Vault Pod. Uh, yeah, we'll be expecting that in the mail. Uh, I was super hyped for Gran Turismo Seven. I'm sure neither of you care. It's a racing game. It's a it's a simulation yeah. game. Yep. The water looked nice. It was. It looked so good. I I usually don't get hyped up for Gran Turismo because it's usually the same crap over and over. But this looked really really. And that's what it, everybody says about every Gran Turismo yeah, game. Yeah. Well. I'm that, I'm one of those people, and it may. I'm not denying it. Just <laughs> that's the whole selling point of those games. Yeah, well, that's I, that's why I when we did all of these, all of our predictions for what the launch these consoles were going to launch with, I thought, oh, they're going to launch with Gran Turismo Seven and Forza because they look incredible, and they're going to yeah. want to show off the graphics, and that's usually what they do. But they've Gran Turismo has turned into Square Enix. Uh, po- a polyphony is turned into Square Enix when it comes to releasing games, and they'll just yeah. take their sweet time until it's done. Yeah, they've they've come a long way from oh look, the tires look round in this one. <laughs> yes, they. Which I believe was to be their three or one, one of them. One to two. Where was it? One yeah, to two. Because two looked yeah. significantly better than one. Yeah. But it may be one of those games that finally pushes me to buy a wheel for for console and PC gaming. So Sam, if you're listening to this, that it. This may be the game to finally yeah. push. <laughs> yeah, but 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 let's be honest. It's just because me and Jennifer have been pushing you to get the wheel is why you don't have the wheel. Yeah, well, of course. I don't know why that's the one thing you don't have. I don't know why it's, it's the one thing I don't have either. I <laughs> I've played a million racing games and I've never owned a wheel before. I bought a flight stick before I bought a wheel. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh, the big one I guess that really looked awesome and they closed out with was. God of War Ragnarok. I thought it was really interesting. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they go about the Norse god route because I don't does Marvel own the rights to that story right now? What? Yeah. I don't know. So I don't know how it works because they own because Thor, Thor and Loki and everything else that they've used. No, no that's all public domain. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. if they yeah. possibly had some sort of rights to. Because at the end, I thought I saw the Marvel logo pop up, and I was like, "What was that?" So it might have just been from Wolverine and Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. It's just the two interesting things here is I believe they said this is the end of the Norse God Saga, which makes me think of an idea, if that is true, that maybe it's we don't have to have um, you know Kratos as the God of War, you know, because they introduced the Norse God of War in this movie. A movie, Jesus. Right, that's, that's who and they rescue, here? correct? Tease? Yeah, I believe so. Um, Tear. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, you could just, you know, have either them or introduce the other gods of war and the other pantheons. You it, know. it would be boy of war. Yeah, boy, boy of war. <laughs> you go that way. Um, but yeah, there's my interest. The thing I want to see is, and not so much because I think for the most part, um, most of us had this idea, maybe not um, amongst us here. But I'm interested to see them play Thor as I believe he's a villain, from what I gathered. Well, yeah, um, Odin's a villain in this also. So, Which, you know, a lot of the modern interpretations that people would know of these characters, Marvel. unfortunately, comes from Marvel. Right. And, you know, which is sad to say, to be completely honest. Um, I mean, I, I was going to say, I, have, are you not aware that, like, the... Norse paganism is on the rise and heavily linked to white supremacy. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I was told that, not those people. <laughs> okay. We're talking about public, don't, pu- like the public knowledge of, of Norse gods. Is, like casuals. Right. Is, is Marvel's movies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's where I was going with it. I was what, trying to avoid that part of it. I, I was going <laughs> to say, once again, I think we run in different circles. If that's not a thing that comes up yeah. a lot for you. Yeah, no. Not, ne- not for me, at least. That's what I was trying to say, that we know the other, <laughs> you know, the other I, way I, this goes. Uh, so it's interesting to see people that have known them through Marvel. I, just thought it was, to see... I thought it was interesting that they're going to use, like, Fat Thor. They're, yeah, they're, they're, not, too, you know. they're not showing him as, like, this perfect specimen. Like, he normally is uh, shown. Because um, even yeah. in, like, you know, stories and picture books of you know, Loki and, and Thor that isn't Marvel. Generally, he's this muscular, blonde-haired, huge guy who throws a hammer. And it's interesting that they're going with, like, a less attractive version of Thor. Yeah, we'll see. But it it's it just, like, that was the one... That's the one risk going with Norse is, is what Jonathan had mentioned. Uh, just the, just the real-life um, applications of those, of that you know, pantheon and, and paganism and all that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it'll be interesting to see just because they're trying to, I'm pretty sure they're trying to have Ragnarok happen, correct? Is that what I've gathered? They're trying they're, to stop it. Are they trying to stop think, it or are they trying the to boy, make it doesn't happen? Doesn't the boy say we have to stop Ragnarok in the trailer? I'm trying to remember. I don't. I, I I was tuning it out because it sounds like the plot is going to be we must, or while you're fighting people, one of the says we must do war and the other says no we should not do war in the entire time you're wiping out native populations in the place that they live (laughs) and so like well that's what god of war is right i mean yes i have zero interest in god of war (laughs) in the first place so (laughs) but yeah all all i'm saying is let's take one of these god of wars and give me the damn remake to dante's inferno that i desire god damn it no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) um it's what we're all waiting for honestly right Well, this, not not only that, they te- they teased a sequel at the end of Dante's Inferno. Yeah, there you go. That you never got. So yeah, give us because that. that game is awful. Yeah. It's not awful. That game's yeah, good. It's, it's just like, what are you talking about? It's just like God of War. There's <laughs> there's, there's no way you enjoy it was, playing. It that must game. be 15 years since I've played. Dante. Exactly. If you if you thought that game was good, you should check out this game called Devil May Cry. <laughs> I have checked out the game called Devil May Cry. <laughs> I enjoy <laughs> Devil May Cry. I'm not a. I, it's not like my favorite franchise, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I I like mindless 
slat hack and slash stuff like yeah. that. No, so my specific complaint with Dante's Inferno is I beat one of the bosses and then you have to um like jump over a lava pit to get to the door to leave the place. I missed the jump, so the checkpoint is when you leave the place. Right. So I had to refight the boss. That's a pretty bad because I missed checkpoint. one jump. Jonathan just had a bad experience. Afterwards. It sounds like. I, so that happened, and I was like, "This is hell. I'm in hell right now." It's like, "Oh right, that's the game. It's intentional." I'm deleting this right now. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what happened with Red Dead Redemption Two with me. Um, yeah. I, you know, I got, I, I got, that I had a perfect, perfect pelt. pelt. I got. <laughs> Then I got ambushed, died, and lost the perfect pelt, and I said, fuck this, and I uninstalled the game. Man, you guys but... rage quit a lot, huh? N- no, I, I mean... His is was... more justified, because it is a much worse game. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, that happened, and I it's I, I said, this is hell, because you're in hell. You're I, in yeah, hell. That, I, yeah, yeah, I got that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah uh, but... Anyway. So, yeah. So... God of War Ragnarok looks beautiful. I'm sure... I'm sure anybody who's interested in God of War or like liked the last God of War is going to be in on this. So yeah. I still have to play the last one. I own it. I just never played it. So eventually I will get to that. I'm just interested to see if this is really the end of, of being in, you know, uh, with the Norse gods and stuff. Where they go next if they... Egypt. Yeah, they Egypt is an easy one. I mean... Right, we've, the, we've, we've, the, talked about we've talked about doing, this. The, the risky one would be doing Christianity, either Christ, Christianity or Judaism. I don't but, think they'd ever do either of those. I don't, no. I don't, I, well, also, so they're not built around multiple gods. So yeah, it's kind of hard to go do around that and murder too. saints. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. let's not I mean, get I, mean I killed the Pope in Assassin's Creed. So, well, yeah. the, we, we also said that the Christianity version was Dante's Inferno kind yeah, of the yeah. same thing yeah um i think did they show anything else at this they did but again it was a lot of stuff in the beginning i wasn't interested in so this was these were the things i kind of wanted to touch on but if there's anything else that you guys saw that you want to talk about no uh, the only thing is is i'm glad they didn't they didn't do another horizon thing after just doing it um and i'm glad and when now this is something i should have looked up before he um, when does Tokyo Game Show take place? Is it taking place? I believe so. Let me because look I'm assuming if we get anything yeah. in calendar year 2021 for Final Fantasy 16, I think that's where it ends up. Uh, Tokyo Game Show starts uh, September 30th. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, if we see anything I, FF16, it'll be there. I'm I'm surprised that we haven't heard anything. I mean, I'm not surprised at Square, but. I don't know that we'll hear much more about Final Fantasy VII until much closer to it being ready. I think they've learned their lesson to not show it the same thing over and over and over with the uh, remake. But we'll see. Uh, overall, like they published the schedule. What's that? It looks like they published the schedule for Tokyo Game Show. Oh, did they? About oh. eleven hours ago. Okay, and so. There's going to be <laughs> there's going to be new information to reveal for Yu-Gi-Oh Master Ooh. Duel. Yes. Um, I can't the thing. The, the rest is just saying what developer to be talking. Not is Square them. there? Yeah. yeah. If Square is there, I'm sure they'll say something. They'll they'll do the we're working on it. That's and that's all they'll say. But anyway, uh, wouldn't it be cool if we released a Final Fantasy game and everybody be like, yes, please do that? And I'm like, nah, never mind. <laughs> I'm I'm ready for a new Final Fantasy. I'm I'm as long as long <laughs> as it doesn't as long as it's not 15 again, I'll be all right. I want to kill chaos. Well, that I. I <laughs> 
I kinda I I'm upset that I didn't get to try that. I had downloaded it and I was getting ready to do it, but it was one of those timed things where you can only play from like Tuesday to Thursday or whatever, and I was like two it was like Friday and I could not play the demo anymore. So therefore well, it was luck. a dead demo. Couldn't play it anymore. You're in luck. It's free this week. Is it? Just go to the Epic Game Store and download Neo the Complete Edition. <laughs> I did. I just did. Anyway, uh, overall, I think it was a pretty good conference. Um, nothing overly, like, crazy. I mean, the Wolverine thing was pretty crazy. We won't know anything about that game for another two years. So let us know what you thought of the PlayStation Showcase uh, on Twitter. And we'd like love to talk about it and see what you guys thought. But uh, as we teased previously, we're going to talk about our favorite quote-unquote dead games. So a dead game can be pretty much any game that had a multiplayer component that either A, the servers are shut down, B, has no one playing it anymore, or, uh, or let's see, what's, what would C be? Um, well, can I go for give it? it a, go for it. Yeah. Okay, so I suggested this topic separate from me being on this podcast, although I am very excited that I get to tell my story because it is a huge tragedy and a thing that I think about kind of a lot. (laughs) So the thing that prompted this is that on the internet, people are constantly saying misusing the term dead game. They'll be like, oh, Apex Legends is a dead game. And what they mean is my friends and I stopped playing it because we have finished our season pass and we're not and we're going to come back to it in like a month or so when the next season starts. That's not that's not a that's dead not game. a dead game. Yeah. We've been around yeah. long enough to see plenty of dead games. Yeah, that's only a de- um, that's not a dead game. You using that term is misleading and ruins the term for actual uses. Uh, actual uses are things like what Tom mentioned, where it's like a multiplayer game where the either the servers have shut down and you literally cannot play that game ever again, or the, um, like a multiplayer game where the player base is so low that you cannot find a match. Or if you do find a match, it's like literally the same people oh, wow. in every single yeah. match. Um, so the one I want to talk about is Ghost in the Shell colon standalone complex colon first assault. <laughs> Obviously, this is a first or a free to play shooter from Korea. So 2017, I have a gaming laptop that's decent and I am um, looking for like free to play shooter or Steam is recommending me a lot of free to play shooter games because I don't want to spend money on Call of Duty. It's that's expensive. Um, And this one pops up and I was like, I generally like Ghost in the Shell. Sure, I'll try it out. I um, boot it up. It's a really fun shooter. Um, It's a it's like a hero shooter. You've got different characters. Well, okay, so it's like a hero shooter. Think Overwatch, except you get to pick your gun and they're like Call of Duty. Okay. Yep. okay? So um, you, you've you got uh, the different characters and they've got abilities like um, the major, the main character from Ghost in the Shell, she can turn invisible and she moves very fast. Um, and then you've got uh, my favorite character was Azuma, who his ability is he has a like riot shield in front of him. So you're a tank. If you were in the way, you're like your allies stand behind you um, and other people can't hit them. And um, like people just can't get around you. But you move super slowly when you have your shield. Right. Yep. Yeah. You get the idea. And then you pick different guns like there's. Go ahead. It just make, that makes sense. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And then there's different guns like shotguns and SMGs and assault rifles, heavy machine guns, whatever. Um, so this game is great. It's got good reviews on Steam. Um, it's free to play. And uh, the like login bonuses are pretty generous so that you can un 
you it takes like a week or two of login bonuses to unlock a new character or um, gun forever, but the characters rotate, you know, like free to play games tend to do. And um, also all of the guns are good. And so it's fine if you only have one unlocked um, up new update comes out and um, this new update is the game so that each of the characters is into like a different class, like a different role. And that role determines which weapons they can. use. For example, I said the major is she's in the like fast role. And um, so she can only use shotguns and SMG. And there's the, um, for the most part, this is to like for balance purposes um, that the you've got a character who's invisible. If you restrict them to only SMGs and shotguns, that means that, yes, they're very fast. Yes, they're um, invisible. However, they have to get close in order to do lots of damage. But when they're close, they do lots of damage because they have shotguns nested, yeah. right? This means you can't have like a sniper rifle. And so that just makes it, things a lot easier to balance um, and also forces like team composition and whatever. So the thing is, and they also added some new game modes. Thing is, the player base for this game is apparently extremely dumb and illiterate. Um, so the English community review bombed the game after this update came out saying things like I updated the game and now I can't use a machine gun on um, the major. Why is the game broken? <laughs> and it's like they and they're like, I bought a machine gun and now I can't use it. And it's like, well, so one, the update when you load up the game, it gives you a pop up explaining the change Two, they gave everybody enough resources to buy a new gun or a new character because uh, nobody reads that stuff. The, <laughs> yeah, that's the first. So, yeah. So the other thing is the new game mode is you may have heard of this before. So you start in a normal map and then as the match goes along, part of the uh, the outside of the map turns red. And if you go in that area, you take damage and you see the thing is this forces everybody to get um, into like closer matches as the game goes Sounds on. Very familiar. Yeah. So a bunch of um these there were a bunch of reviews with negative comments saying this new game is or um i hate this new map or this new game type it's, i keep going into the red to get away from people but then i get killed and i can't see who's shooting me <laughs> i said this was in 2017 yeah you know what game was big in 2017 PUBG. fortnite because a 12 year old can understand that if you get out of the bad area wow yeah it's so this is a korean company and they don't care about the U.S. That's a tiny market for them. And so they just said, OK, you don't like the game. We'll just stop localizing it. And the service shut down for the U.S. And it kept going in Korea because the Korean people are able to read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would I would say that's a dead game. And I yeah. feel bad because it sounds like it was interesting. But, you know, yeah. if, if people are stupid, you can't really fix that. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you got to come on here and get that off your chest. Thanks. <laughs> Sounds like it'd be bothering you for a while. Yes. Like I said, I think about it kind of a lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, if it's a game you liked, that sucks for sure. I mean, exactly. I can't even imagine. Like, that's like if a game got shut down because the player base was stupid that I played, I'd be really pissed. So it makes sense. Um, Mark, do you, do you have uh, a game in, in mind that you that you'd like to talk about? Yeah. So my I didn't play as many online games and stuff as probably the two of you have um so my idea of a dead game for me was something i had mentioned earlier 
where um you know the games i've just started playing on emulation is you know the and this was no fault of game producers or anything but you know not the the one that came to my mind immediately was um the fact with uh, ncaa basketball 10 uh basically once the license went away everything just shut down um on that in terms of being able to download rosters or yeah or even play online or even get all the cool features that came with it um and the game essentially like i said has been uh just you know you you can sell the physical copy for like three hundred dollars because it's not on sale anywhere digitally and it's just gone Uh, um and yeah, that's that's mainly, um, and I think it's my lack of playing online until like fairly recently um, that I haven't run into the issues Jonathan <laughs> um, vented on um, earlier, where I haven't had a game where servers have been just cut or uh, you know, a, you know, a an Asian or European company has just said, you know what, the American market's not worth it, we're going to cut it off. Um, I guess the closest thing will come is when they finally shut the servers off to Modern Warfare for Call of Duty, never um, the, the remake, because that is really the only multi, uh, online multiplayer game that I've played uh, past, you know, newer games coming out in, in the series. Um, I mean, I but, think Infinite Warfare is still yeah, going. Yeah, Modern so, Warfare 2 is still uh, up and running. Yeah. If you can't physically play it, but it's there. I mean, you could play it, but it's all it's all hackers at this point. Yeah, so. yeah. So that's why my idea when when you said dead game is I I have more of an offline history and the fact that you know if you know once my uh, Xbox 360 finally got a red ring in 20 I want to say 13 um, finally and then I went to go download everything after getting a new one and finding that all of that shit was gone. Um, you know, uh, was my idea. I was like, well, uh, I guess uh, I can't uh, live with the realism of these. At the time, I didn't realize it's like, hey, so I'm playing this game profiting off these kids that aren't making any money from. At the time, you don't think about that. Get that. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's 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 probably the only one I have is any of those college sports games that just, you know, went away um, because of NCAA being, um, you know, the dickheads they are. Um, that's the closest I've come to to a dead game. Um, I'm assuming I'm going to get one soon with all these, uh, you know, as I try all these indie games, I'm sure I'm going to catch one that's all of a sudden going to have the same issue Jonathan had. Um, but yeah, I'm really interested. Um, I, I was more interested to hear your, what you two guys had to say about it. Cause, um, yeah, you're much more in, uh, experienced in that realm. Um, and, uh, see what 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 those experiences were like yeah i i kind of teased it uh the other day when we were talking on stream but the big one for me and i i guess you could call it a dead game but it's not really but the player base is just not there anymore um is destiny one uh as much as i love destiny two there's just something about the first destiny that i i would love to just load up and go back in with a fire team but you can't get enough people to either play multiplayer or run a raid or anything like that so because every i have a friend who still plays Destiny. do you yeah I've, i can't imagine there being a lot of people in there i could be wrong There's the, i think crucible is fine b 
because um, it's you don't need that many people to like match make a game, but it is hard to find people for like e stuff for yeah. Alex. Generally, with Destiny, I always liked P stuff better just because, well, in Destiny 2, PvP stuff is kind of broken. I feel like PvP was way better in Destiny 1, the way they balanced everything. But I, yeah, I would want to do the P stuff because that's that's what I spent the most time doing strikes and everything like that. But yeah, Destiny One for sure uh, would be like my number one. There is something other that I that I was thinking about when we were talking about this, and that was um, Assassin's Creed multiplayer back in the day with Brotherhood, and I want to say it was Revelation. There was a really cool Assassin's Creed multiplayer that I really enjoyed, and I it did not last for. I think once once they ended like the. Um, Ezio trilogy, they got rid of multiplayer altogether. Like I don't remember, I don't remember any somewhat recent game that has multiplayer PvP. And I don't know if either of you guys ever played it, but it was some of the most interesting multiplayer that I've ever played because it was a different dynamic. You were an assassin. You weren't like you were tricky. You weren't trying to shoot somebody. So it made uh, it made it way more interesting. Uh, but I don't know if either of you yeah. guys have any any history with assassins okay so i remember um playing a little bit right because i was in college and um friends had it and they were like they added multiplayer to assassin's creed what is that even gonna be and so we checked it out and we we're like oh this is actually pretty interesting um i think the thing with assassin's creed multiplayer is that it's like it's like mafia like it uh so social deception. Yes. So I think it's probably most interesting to people who do not care about assassins. Um like Among Us is, has been blowing up is still blowing up. That is a social deception game that's super popular. I feel like if they were to take the assassins player and spin it off as a small side game like that it would probably do really well um because people like, like that those kind of games just People who look like those kind of games are probably not buying new single player triple A games like day one launch. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. Go ahead. I was going to say the hearing you talk about that, um, Rufus, I, I don't know if if it sounds very similar to my experience with Mass Effect 3 multiplayer in that I don't think that's very lively anymore um, and kind of lost steam as, as the years went along. Um, but just that idea that you know this uh, multiplayer version from a very single player game um, is a lot better than you think. Um, that's just a vibe. I just wanted to jump in with that because it popped in. My oh yeah, that's it's very true. So, I've heard I've heard a lot of people say that Mass Effect Three they really wish it would, it had stuck around, but it's one one of those things like learn at the game ten year old or whatever, and they don't want to, especially like EA. EA is not going to like they just shut down like a ton of. Uh, need for speed games like you can't even like if you purchased need for uh, one of these older need for speed games and it had an online element you cannot play it anymore like you physically you can't play any of it which that kind that kind of stuff pisses me so there's a bunch of like totally dead need for speed games because you had to sign into an ea account or something to play it uh so ea i think is most known for shutting games down like that um, and it's really annoying <laughs> because that's really what kills a game is when you, you give it this online element and then all of a sudden you go, yeah, we don't feel like keeping the servers up anymore. And hopefully sometimes people are able to 
um, keep servers up and and do stuff like that. Like I want to say there was a there was a vanilla WoW server, but way before Blizzard decided to do it. Yeah, I think they did. I think StarCraft was the same. They had StarCraft servers that the original StarCraft from Brood War that were still up years and years after the game had been. Uh, it's oh. it's go ahead. I'll I'll let you get your thought. I was gonna say it's nice to it's nice that there's a community element to these games. Like if people like them enough, they will come back in in some form or another, whether it be a private server or uh, guys who worked on on mods and stuff, ending up working at the companies and getting re-releases like we got for StarCraft and we got for we got for WoW and stuff like that. So there's hope if there, if there's a dead game you love. But um, go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, I was just going to mention. So we talked about Assassin's Creed multiplayer and Mass Effect multi Mass Effect three multiplayer. Those both came out about the same time. And it was at a period of time where for some reason, video game companies decided that if you are releasing a um, big budget video game, it had to include multiplayer, whether or not that was part of the appeal of the series or if it made any sense at no. all. And I think I, I was going to say, I think that um the uh, i like at that same time i also remember bioshock 2 had yep. multiplayer and that and i saw that was an option when i booted up the game and i was like who would buy a bioshock game for multi yep. it was weird you know, the, but i don't remember tom you can correct me the um assassin's creed one did that play into the single player like mass effects 3 did no it had nothing to do with it. You you could just pick a random avatar and you were that okay. assassin for the game. Yeah, no, because playing the multiplayer, if I remember correctly, Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, it helped your readiness in the single player game. That stupid yeah. um, percentage scale system that you even had to play at the, the mobile game to get to 100%. Um, so I at well, least as much as that sucked, at least they tried to integrate it into it. A most, mostly single player game, like hey, we have this cool multiplayer that works, but you know, hit your single player fans here. It'll help your single player go in and test it out. Well, you know, I kind of feel like how how now everything is battle royale. I think it was kind of the same back then because Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare Two were huge. They were so big, and the only thing anybody cared about in those games was multiplayer. So everybody thought. Oh man, we got to get on this bandwagon. Everybody wants a multiplayer aspect of a game, so we got to figure out how to put one into this game that has nothing to do with multiplayer. So that's why you ended up with Mass Effect and BioShock and Assassin's Creed multiplayer, which really didn't need to exist, but had interesting concepts all the same. So it kind of sucks to see yeah. stuff like that go by the wayside. Yeah, so I think it was it was a weird fad at the time to add this multiplayer stuff. But I think the Assassin's Creed and Mass Effect 3 multiplayer are examples of really interesting ideas coming out of that. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that wave of adding multiplayer to games as a weird add on is like uh, the beginnings of video game companies wanting to make forever games. Yeah. Um, games as a service. And, and it was just like a, yeah, like a weird first stab at that yeah i think you're i think you're 100 right there because they saw how big these games as a service or games that could turn into games as a service like like modern warfare or uh right. even halo for that matter like these huge multiplayer things that kept people playing forever 
So they thought, oh, we'll try to do that. And I think you're right. That that totally seems like the natural progression to get to um, games as a service like we have today, which we've also seen backfire on games too, like like games like Battleborn and stuff like that that are truly gone. Like the like games that oh, this is a game as a service. I'm trying to think of uh, Star Wars Battlefront games like that. Like you couldn't or any Battlefield game. You it's very hard to think like you could go back and play battlefield three and see be able to get a multiplayer game with 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 people on there so it's, i mean the one you're missing is anthem and you know? right yeah, exactly oh, yeah. How, how can I, well that's how much i'm not thinking about anthem. <laughs> exactly I, I, yeah that's the tricky thing with trying to remember games as a service that have failed because it's re- it's pretty rare that it's a game that like crashes and burns spectacularly for the most part it's going to be a game that comes out and nobody cares and they continue to not care and then they're like well we we can't keep doing this <laughs> like, like that one game um it was based off a, a game that was really popular um they were trying to get to the hearthstone oh sort of. um are you, are you talking about gwent no artifact is something like that oh yeah 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 where literally within like a week week and a half it was down to like triple digits people you know playing it online that's not good. <laughs> it was made by Valve. Valve, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. In the universe of Dota, Dota 2. 2. Yeah. That's right. So it was like literally Hearthstone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know. So it was, that. that's the only other game outside of Anthem that had a big back into it that I remember. And maybe I listened to way too many video game podcasts for the stick in my that just crashed and burned like that. Um, very much a shooting star like, oh my God, they had like, hundreds of thousands of people for the first week and week and a half later and the metrics say there's like 400 people playing now well that's what happened to anthem too it was the same type of deal but yeah yeah anthem is a more complicated story of them shooting themselves in the foot repeatedly and i'm not i get i I, guarantee the artifact thing was people for a week going you know what i play hearthstone probably (laughs) anyway but yeah anthem is a whole podcast topic in itself so maybe maybe in a future episode we'll talk about this shit show that was that game but yeah uh it's a shame that some of these games die but uh as jonathan said if if a game's good it never stops being good so hopefully some of these will come back and uh speaking of games that are good and continue to be good let's talk about a retro roulette game we played world of illusion starring mickey mouse and donald duck for the sega genesis and um as mark like joked about he said it was the <laughs> the the not good version of of castle of illusion but the lesser version the lesser version which yeah i could understand that but um it still ended up being pretty fun i was surprised yeah i mean i i played both of these games as a kid because outside of sports games you know one of the games my grandmother would buy me um was games she was like oh i think he likes mickey mouse um so that's and bugs bunny that's how i ended up with the bugs bunny game on nes that i love to this day um yeah the, these games i put a whole lot of as as a kid haven't really um messed with them recently so it's good to go back i am still terrible at games like this as i've proven on stream um so it's one of those things that i probably beat this as a kid just because it was the only thing i could like you know beat my head against for six months and finally figure out because it's a lot of timing <laughs> Um, maybe that's why I bang my head against a lot of Dark Souls games. 
is because it took you six months to beat this game when I was young. Yeah, but uh, I'm not good at these side scrolling platformers. Yeah, John, John, if, you have, if you haven't seen Mark try to play a platformer before, it's a thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so, good. But I play them. One of our first extra life streams, we oh, the Mario Maker. Yeah, we I <laughs> I bought Mario Maker for Wii U, and Mark spent all this time making this making this uh, level. And in order to have the level be done, you have to be able to beat yeah, it. You have to beat it. <laughs> so Mark sat there for had to be twenty to thirty minutes trying to beat this level that he created, and, and I knew how to beat it because I created it. And he knew how to beat it, <laughs> and we we tried for so long that the the touch panel the the touch pad went dead because we he tried so many times, and I think at the end I don't know if I did beat Anna it. I, somebody we, beat it. Somebody but... ended up beating it, but it went. We it must have taken us two hours for for him yeah. to to make this this level and try yeah. to beat it. Yeah, I'm not good, and I probably wasn't any better when I was younger. Um. But the point I was getting to was one of my favorite things about this game, these games, is that you can, uh, people, no matter the age, as long as they can sort of understand how a controller works, um, I found, uh, oddly enough, that these games are um, very easy for uh, kids to just pick up even nowadays. Um, I should have known, maybe it was a precursor to my youngest niece, being like some kind of wizard at these games, having been seven years old and beating Mario Odyssey on her own, um, that she picked this up at like four. And when it was like the free trial on PlayStation 3, and and I come back in and she's like on level two without even saying a word to us on there. But it, it's, it, it's that kind of thing that I like and frustrates me about it is that it is so easy, theoretically, but yet it, I struggle with it until I get into the rhythm. Um, and then I can... Um, the good thing about this one is that you get almost infant continues, so as long as you have the patience, you should be able to beat it. Um, uh, but yeah, I like my time with it. I've, I've always liked my time with these games. It's one of the few games from Uncle Vim that I, that I pick up and play um, ever since we played Casual of Illusion for this, which was my reintroduction. Um, you know, uh, one of those games. Um, it's, it's it's a ton of fun. It's it's a nice game if you are trying to introduce, like I said, a kid to um, these kind of games, and they like Mickey Mouse. It's a good way to get them used to using a controller and all that. Um, yeah, I don't know if you had any thoughts outside of the uh, what you showed on stream, Tom. Um, I mean, I I really enjoy the game. It's definitely not as good as Castle of Illusion, but it has uh, some different mechanics and stuff that made it its own game i i like the i always like these older games that let you change the control scheme because as i was going through the first time and playing i was like man this these controls are terrible but luckily in most i feel like it's more of a genesis thing than a super nintendo thing you're able to change the controller layout and i was able to get a controller layout that i liked and it really helped me get through uh a lot of the like the middle parts to the game but the game is very pretty. It's very well well drawn, but it's not it's not as tight of gameplay as Castle. Uh, Jonathan did play this, so I'm interested to hear what he has to say. Also, yeah. So I guess first, Tom, did you ever go back and beat that final level? I did not. I was okay. I was going to today, but I was like, you know what? I don't need to get frustrated today because 
I wanted to go back and I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I want to do it before the next podcast because I got so close to beating it on stream that I want to beat it and ha get it, mark it as beat on my, my backloggery so I can mark it off. Yeah. So my first comment is I was watching your stream and that final level and the final boss didn't seem particularly hard. However, by that point, you were just so frustrated. Like, you had zero interest in trying to recognize and yeah, follow was, a pattern. I was, I, um, I was really done by that, that point. Yeah, and so I feel like this is a game that is best played in short bursts. Like, there are a number of things in those levels that can be pretty frustrating. And so if you're playing it in, like... So I think I played this game for, like, a total of 30 minutes and got to the third level. Um, and then I set it down because I was like, OK, I can feel that I'm starting to get frustrated. I need to I should get my password, set this down and then just come back to it later instead of trying to push through it. Um, so I do really like the password system for that reason. Um, I also like the infinite retries and stuff. That's great. Right. Because, well, so th the two things there are the infinite retries are great because I hate Sonic 2 because it doesn't have yeah. that. Um, and this has, because the password is only about what level you're on, um, once you've beaten the game, you can also just go back to whatever level you want. Again, is the thing that I specifically hate about Sonic 2, because we're talking about a Sega Genesis game. Um, Fair comparison. And so, for, so if, for example, if you're some kind of weirdo who really likes water levels, you could just jump straight to that water level to replay it. Um, and I, I think that's like a big strength of this game. Um, the... Next thing I wanted to mention is that I played this on the Vita. Weird. Did you guys know that they <laughs> crazy? Um, and so when I was watching Tom on stream, I noticed you were having a lot of trouble with the hitboxes for your attack or your blanket yes. or whatever. And when I was watching you play it and you were very frustrated by that, when I played it, I was like, I did like one attack against one enemy. And I was like, oh, I get it. The sparkles will stun the enemy. Um, the blanket will yeah. kill them and i had zero problems with that whatsoever always i was always hitting with either the sparkles or the blanket when i expected to. and there's different situations where you want to do one or the other um and then i watched went back and watched the rest of your stream after that and i think you had i think the hitboxes were weird in your game but not in mine which is very interesting that is more predictable than you playing on original hardware that, that's very strange because yeah like 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 i like i try to do for all of these i try to play on original hardware and yeah i don't know what it i don't know what it was it, i was having because i i figured out as i was going that you actually have to hit them with the blanket or whatever to kill mm -hmm. the enemy but the hitboxes were just really weird and they weren't like when I was expecting to hit them, it just was not hitting anything. And I don't know why. But yeah, you're right. I don't know why it I I got some wonky stuff going on. So I don't know if they ever made a, a like a one a version 1.1 1 .1 or anything like that, which is possible. I don't know, but yeah, that was that was the most frustrating thing about it, I think was the wonky hitbox. I mean, the jumping felt good. It, I didn't really have any too much problems with that. Once I figured out how to run, that helped too. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. But it, I, <laughs> uh, it is funny that you had a better experience playing it on a Vita than I 
did on uh, yeah on, on original hardware yeah. on a CRT. Funny. I guess so. Also, um, I didn't have as much of a problem with the buttons on the controller because the Vita buttons are closer together, yeah. and the um, it uses the bottom three face buttons, and I can reach all of those, all three of those, pretty comfortably. Um, so no problems with like dashing to then jump and then attack in midair or something like that. Yeah, that's um, that's a big problem with the the Genesis controller in general is that it's yeah. three buttons, but they're all in a line. So you don't really have a lot. You don't really have a lot of options and it makes it kind of difficult to do like jump and then attack or run, jump and attack. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I imagine playing if if they would have made like a six button layout, it would have made my life way easier because I have a six button control and it, I could have used the diamond, that type oh, okay. of game. The last thing is this has one of the things that I dislike most about platformers, which is that your health only applies to combat. In this game, you have lots of health, but all falls are instant deaths, which means that that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Additionally, all of the like power-up things that you get are usually you get one extra, or you regain one health, but then that's completely meaningless and doesn't help you in any way. Unless you're getting hit by like birds repeatedly, which I don't understand who would have that as their main problem in this game. Yeah, I, I would imagine the health is really just um it's just bosses. What I imagine yeah. is where people would get hit the most in a game. If we're gonna yeah. if we're gonna percentage it out of situations where they would get hit, um I would say the first time you see a boss would probably be the highest percentage. Yeah, be yeah. but I still found that I was losing one or two tries on the way to the boss because I would miss a single jump. And yeah, the, yeah. the platforming is just so much more punishing than yeah. any of the combat. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I was talking more in the combat situations. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you would lose the health more likely the first time you see the boss than actually any combat um, there on out. The platforming you mentioned is the aforementioned reason and why it takes me so much longer to beat. <laughs> um, if, if someone with the, you know, probably slightly better, um, skills at those type of games, such as you and Tom, are having trouble with those jumps. Um, I just, I just don't trust any jump I make, and that's a lot of times why I miss. You must hate Castlevania, then. Uh, I, yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, especially like the originals, you can't. You once you jump, that's it. You can't go. There's no going back. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's why um, all the games that I've beaten um, that that have this kind of mechanic of a platforming stuff in it um, is mainly because that was one of the only games I had. So I had to keep playing it and eventually brute force my way through it um, and eventually get good enough that I could, that I could do it. Um, but, um, but it's still not like a muscle memory thing that I can go back and be great at it. It must've somehow skipped over me in the family, despite me being the one that plays a lot of video games. Cause as I've mentioned multiple times here in the past, my sister, who has not played Mario 3 in probably close to a decade or more, can just pick it up and just go through the first two worlds without even really much of a tr- struggle. And yeah. that, it frustrates me to no end <laughs> that that happened. And, yeah, I mean, when you, have, when you have that much muscle memory for a game and nostalgia yeah. for it, it tends to work yeah. out that way. Yeah, and the fun part is it's now led my youngest niece who watches me play games um, to, if I'm having trouble with it, ask me if I want my sister to help her me so i i just want to clarify i am not good at 2d platformers as i said earlier i i do not want 
I do not want anybody listening to this podcast to think that I am good at this game. I mean, if you're if you're just like two stars good at it, you're above me. So that was mainly my point. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Just you, <laughs> you said you said that I was good at this, and I I, I want to clarify that's okay. not true. I will clarify that I meant you both are better than I am at these games. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> Anybody who watched understands how good I am or not good at these games. I am all right. Uh, let, let's give it a score. Uh, Jonathan, what's, what score out of five do you give this? I'm going to give this three Kings and a queen, which is the password that I got for the last level I got to. That's okay. pretty good. How about you, Mark? Um, this game's definitely a solid four for me. Um, you know, there's a lot of things in it. Jonathan mentioned, you know, the platforming and stuff like that, that stops it from being, you know, uh, you know, a tough white game, but it's a game that, you know, you can play and. I know. I just realized that statement is, "Hey, it turns on." Is what that sounds like. Um, but meaning just a game that you can, you know, pick up and play for like half hour, hour burst, like Jonathan mentioned, um, and is still, you know, at least entertaining. Um, once you get into those later levels, it could be kind of frustrating, especially those cloud jumps. Um, you could you you could get a little more frustrated with it and it not be as fun. But um, a lot of these Genesis. Nintendo games of this era between the late 80s, early 90s. Um, I like to rank them around a four if they're basically games you can just pick up and play. And, um, you know, there there's a good there's a good fun factor to it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. That's probably the most I can say to justify that. All right. I'm going to give it a three and a half just because of pretty much everything we've talked about. Uh, it's very easy to pick up and play. I very much enjoyed what i played but if you sit and try to beat the whole game at once it can become very frustrating and you can very easily lose your patience and i highly recommend if you do play this game like jonathan said play it for as long as you feel like you're doing well and then if you're really not doing well get yourself a password take a break from it come back i love that this game has a password system and i'm super happy that um it doesn't like it doesn't uh, penalize you for using that password. A lot of times in games, games will punish you for using passwords. Like they'll they'll either give you half health or no health or no no stuff when you when you log back in. But luckily, this game doesn't really have a whole lot of things that you can lose or not use. So I give it a solid three and a half out of five. Uh, I recommend it if you enjoyed, especially if you enjoyed Castle Illusion or you enjoy Disney platformers. Go go uh, go pick this one up and uh, give it a shot. All right, it's time to spin the wheel. Okay, Mark, you're going to get your chance to play Tony Hawk. Hey. <laughs> We're playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for the PlayStation. Oh, boy. I'm mostly joking when I say this, but I am disappointed every, every week you don't say driving. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's, on, <laughs> it's on the list. It just doesn't. It, I'm, I'm just happy we didn't get a racing game. Uh, we because we'll go through stretch. I think we'll go through stretches where we'll get seven racing games in a row, and I'm like, all right, I can't, I can't pick another racing game. Um, I think you could argue that Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I can argue game. that it's not a racing game too. Point counterpoint <laughs> on the next podcast. <laughs> uh, there are levels where you can basically race down the hill, but that doesn't mean it's a racing game. Anyway. I'm sure everybody and their mother has heard of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and I'm also going to have to figure out how to go about the music again because every it's the whole game is half half the 
the nostalgia for Tony Hawk is the music. So uh, I apologize for everyone on stream that's going to have to have to listen to generic punk ska music as we. Um, but uh, hopefully you all tune in this evening when you're listening to this and uh, watch me play Tony Hawk and be terrible at it. I'm sure because Tony Hawk going back to Tony Hawk one is a is a chore if anybody has tried it. So uh, if you're playing along at home, play some Tony Hawk and let us know what you think. But I think that's going to do it for us this evening. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Had a lot of great conversation before we get out of here. Mark, you want to let everybody know about our family? Yeah, so we have podcast. our D&D podcast, Stranger Damies. airs every other Wednesday, uh, wherever you get podcasts. You can find it on Instagram and Twitter at, the, at uh, Stranger Damies. And then we have our movie podcast. They called us a movie. Um, that airs every Thursday. You can find that on Spreaker. Uh, so please do subscribe to us there and leave us a review um, as well. Um, we are on Instagram and Twitter at the main Damie. The main is our website where all of our podcasts live. And I will keep mentioning this um, up and through October. Um, one of my favorite features of the year, Anthony's 31 Days of Horror, uh, where he writes small little short micro reviews for uh, 31 different horror movies uh, throughout the uh, month of October. Um, so it is, is a good read along every day. It gives you something real quick, um, in the morning or during a break at work or something to read over. So just be on the lookout for those. Um, and then we stream on our streaming platform, uh, twitch.tv, uh, slash game vault pod. Um, we stream on Mondays, which is where you'll get to see the retro roulette game played, um, this evening. And then you'll, um, see on other Mondays, we're playing through currently Chrono Trigger. Wednesdays is our multiplayer. It's, a uh, what are we calling it? Uh, Halo Hump Day. Yeah, Halo Hump Day or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the game where I actually improved at it. Thank you to my sensei who is on this podcast today, um, Jonathan. Um, I was able to actually get uh, more than one kill in SWAT, which was an improvement. Um, but Very no, nice. <laughs> but mostly it was the the you know the the team deathmatch um, advice that he gave was it really helped out a lot. Um, so, uh, be on the lookout for that. We may switch it up. It's usually just a multiplayer shooter or some kind of multiplayer game every Wednesday. And then Thursdays is our, um, co-op streams. Um, right now me and Jen are playing through It Takes Two. Um, I have, uh, me and Tom have a game ready on, on the back burner after that. And then maybe I'll bring in other friends of the podcast to do either full game playthroughs or maybe one-offs and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's just a good night. Um, I found out there's a lot. I, I feel like the streams flow a lot better when there's more than one of us on the microphone. Um, so um, I, I I think a co-op night is great. Um, and then keep a lookout on our Twitter um, at Game Vault Pod um, because we're going to be starting doing stuff on weekends as the summer winds down here. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And um, yeah, yeah, I do apologize if you are listening to this when this airs on Monday that there was no stream on Thursday. I miscalculated when Jen went on vacation. Um, so <laughs> we forgot to tell everyone we were canceling that stream. Um, so, but we'll be back this Thursday. Sounds good. Yep. A uh, lot of, a lot of fun stuff coming up. Everybody stay tuned to your favorite podcasting app and uh, Twitch. Uh, also, before we get out of here, I want to mention that we're an affiliate of Stone Age Gamer. If you have any need for retro console accessories, whether it be controllers or cables or power supplies or flash carts, uh, head on over there via the link in the description of this podcast. And every time you purchase something through that link, 
it gives us a little kickback and helps us make this podcast and our streams better for you guys. So uh, I want to thank Jonathan for joining us and filling in for Jen. Thank you very much. Thanks. I am happy to be on this podcast anytime you will let me. I'm, I'm happy to have you. It's, uh, it's a lot of always a lot of fun. So uh, I hope everyone out there is, is doing well, enjoying the, the end of their summer. And uh, uh, just be kind. And for Mark and Jonathan, I'm Tom, and we will catch you guys in the next one.